0: It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast. With interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe Darmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Gabe Darmond and Mitchell Forty here. We are going to be talking to another former Tiger this week. Marcus Golden is going to join us uh, on the phone here in just a little bit. But first of all, we've got bills to pay. Uh, graduation happening this weekend. High school graduations coming up, plenty of opportunities to have gatherings and get-togethers and parties. You should do that with Shakespeare's Events and Catering. They will cater your party from 25 people to 2,500 people, $5 to $8 a person. You can get pizza delivered to your party uh, for as many people as you could possibly want. You could actually host probably the entire graduating class at any of the uh, three high schools or maybe all three altogether. But uh, have Shakespeare's Cater Your Event. Uh, go to their website, shakespeares.com, go into any of their three locations, call them on the phone, send them a letter. Uh, really, any way you want to get a hold of them, they will cater your event. Again, for up to 2,500 people, they are the sponsor of our podcast, at least over the summer. And if enough of you order pizza, maybe beyond. So uh, call Shakespeare's, tell them you'd never heard of them before and you heard about them on the Powermazoo.com podcast. Uh, also, underrated part of Shakespeare's. We were there once again for a going away party earlier this week. I, I'm upset that I did not know until I was like 39 years old that Shakespeare's is an excellent place to have an adult beverage. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a good time. You, you can go, uh, you can get some food, you can uh, have beer. They have a good selection, good prices, yep. and uh, lots of TVs on the wall. What, what more could you ask for?
0: Yeah, we uh, we actually were watching a blues game at Shakespeare's. It's the first time all year I've done that. <laughs> first time all year. As a matter of fact, I've watched anything involving skating on ice. Um, but since we've got a couple minutes before we call, Marcus, we'll do this in reverse because mm. our, our suggestion for the category of how many can you name was St. Was Louis Blues players this week. And as you pointed out, like, we did NHL players and – didn't get much beyond five or six. So (laughs) our chances aren't very good in this. Um, I watched three minutes of last night's game. Uh, Mitchell watched... Like, yeah. Well over half. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. So my, I gotta give, I'll give a quick shout out to my roommate Kevin. He's, uh, he's graduating this weekend. Go Kevin. He, uh, he's a big, he's a big blues fan. So I've watched like, you know, parts of a few different uh, playoff games, including like almost two whole periods last night. So I'm feeling pretty prepared.
0: <laughs> that, that's, I refer to that as cheating, but whatever. <laughs> we are going to name as many blues players as we can. I know we'll get to at least three because I'm going to. Because I saw less of it last night, I'm going to allow myself to start mm-hmm. with the easy one. Uh, Jordan Bennington, I know him. Yep, his name has been on Twitter a lot well, in the he's last two. The
1: months. Uh, the goalie. Yes. So, so there's, there's one. There's one. I know Tarasenko, and uh, I think I even know his first name uh, of Vladimir. Vladimir, I believe. Yes. yes. I I know I know several last names only, but I, we're going to count those. I feel okay. like. We well, have that to. But that I is... know two names for him: Vladimir Tarasenko.
0: That is disappointing. I was uh, maybe we should name Vladimir as one, and Tarasenko as the next one, like. Yeah. Yeah. just to, to stretch it out. Um, the, the other, I did pick up one last name last night. Uh, while I want to call him Barbasol, I believe his name is Barbashev. Ooh, uh, I, I don't know about that one. I don't know how good. I heard his name, yeah. but I did hear his name in the three minutes I watched. I have no okay. idea what his first name is. I'm going to guess it's Sergey <laughs> uh, because that would make guess. sense, but I don't Honestly, know. I feel
1: like you could be right. I have no idea. I, I didn't know him. He's I, not I'm going to look list. it up while you're naming. Here, here's him my one. my other one that I, I feel like you will have seen know this name from seeing it all over yeah. Twitter last week was uh, Pat Maroon. He uh, oh yeah, he scored a, a big goal at some point.
0: He was he won Game Seven against the Stars, yeah. and he's from St. Louis. Exactly. and it was like the greatest thing yeah. in St. Louis. Sports and that's history. why I said you,
1: you will have yes. seen his name on Twitter. Yes, uh, I so, have. So uh, that. What's Barbashov's name?
0: Uh, okay, if I will tell you it's not Sergey. What would your second guess be? I, I actually just you saw looked it? and saw it
1: on your All computer. Right. Yeah.
0: It's I- Yvonne or Ivan, <laughs> yeah, one of that's the two. Right, right
1: in the wheelhouse. You, yeah. you were on the right track. So
0: that, that's not a surprise. Um,
1: you got any others for us?
0: No, I, I think we're out of Blues players I know. Okay. Um, I know that... At one time, um, how about I know a, how Wayne Gretzky played for them. Sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does not <laughs> how now. How about a
1: coach? You know what their coach's name is?
0: Oh, I have no idea. If it's not Mike Keenan, I yeah. don't know. He's the only Blues coach ever that I know.
1: I actually know their coach because of last night. It's something Baruby. Okay. His last name is Baruby, And oh. I don't know their former coach, even Mike Yo. So look at me. I'm on
0: fire. Oh. I should have known that from the thread on our message board. Right. So yeah. we're up to like four ish um uh, okay. you know any other names from the broadcast last night
1: yeah but only last names those, those okay. are the, were the extent of my first and last name combos but uh we've got uh we've got petrangelo uh there was a controversy okay. about how to say his last name but i think i think i got that right could be wrong
0: i think it's pronounced barbachev
1: yeah and then um oh, who was my other one i had another last name uh ah, bortuzzo oh,
0: oh that's a cool that, name that's good yeah, yeah. um I, Actually, so you watched the game last night. So just to expand this, could you name any Sharks player? Ooh, I, all right. There, so they, I, I I know there's a Carlson. I'm on their gonna team.
1: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably get it wrong, but it's right in this same vein of Poznansky, But that's the sports writer, so I don't think okay. his name's actually Poznansky, But it's like Pajansky, Poblansky. Okay. it's something right around in there. Uh, I feel like
0: that's partial crime. I know they have an American goalie because his name was very normal. It's like Daniel Jones or Steve James or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. There was a Pavansky, Pasklansky, Pastrami.
0: Huh. I, I feel like we could do this pretty much every every week when I ask for nominations. We get some form of soccer or hockey questions. Like, we could just do that every week and we would look stupid. Yeah. But I hope that we yeah, branch we, we out probably. to other
1: things. I, I feel like we can't do soccer. That's just, that's that. I, I, I can't even give it the time of day. Oh, know? no, people
0: have asked me to name, like, I know teams. Premier League teams and, and I couldn't zero. do it.
1: Yeah, I would get not I, a single one.
0: I would assume Manchester United is one. I could yeah. get one.
1: Maybe. I mean, yeah, I could just like pick some cities like Liverpool I think has a team, but I don't know what, what I don't know what league that right.
0: is. Right. So soccer's not gonna happen. But but like sometimes I feel like it's like why did nobody suggest like name people who have won the PGA championship? Like yeah. we could have gone for a while. We would have been
1: pretty good, yeah.
0: Yeah, but we keep getting asked to talk about these sports that yeah. we don't watch. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like also it's you know it's not a terrible thing if this is like only a five minute. Uh, yeah, people they pro- probably don't want to hear us rattle off names for <laughs> an hour.
0: Hey, especially because now, not a single person who's a blues fan is going to listen to our interview I with know. Marcus Bolton. They're, gonna They're so just going to be us. so angry. Yeah. That we don't care and are openly mocking the fact that we don't
1: care. We apologize, Blues fans. Yeah. Go good, Blues. Good luck um, in the cup.
0: <laughs> I I know uh Gloria does not play for the Blues, but that's a big thing. They're playing that song now. Yeah. So that's yeah. there you go. That's uh that's what we know about the St. Louis Blues. So uh sorry guys, but we do have a uh St. Louis area guy coming up on the podcast to make up for it. All right. We now are going to welcome in, as we said over the summer, we want to talk to to some guys from uh, from the archives. We won't won't refer to them all as old guys. We had Brad Smith last week. A little bit more recent this time around. We're going to talk with former Mizzou defensive end Marcus Golden. Marcus, how are things going today, man?
2: Oh, it's going good. It's going real good, man. I woke up this morning, got a good workout here, had a good uh, day at work, and then. Uh, just chilling out right now. Now it's even better that I get to talk to you guys,
0: <laughs> Perfect. You're the first person ever in the podcast to say that your day got better when you got to talk to us, so we appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All,
2: <Yeah.
0: laughs> right. All right, so I want to start with uh, – I-, I talked to you just briefly last week. I, I know the-, the big story a couple weeks ago here – uh, around Missouri was uh East St. Louis player Jalen McKenzie, an 8th grader. He was uh was shot and killed. And just want to ask you kind of you know, that one really hit home with you. Kind of uh it, it kind of why why did that hit so close to home and and just the news when you got that news, kind of, you know, what went through your head?
2: Uh first, I want to give my condolences to his family, man, his mom and dad and just send prayers out to his family, man. I don't want to speak too much on it, but me being from St. Louis uh, and growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, man, and really being from the city. And uh, so I know how it is as a kid growing up in St. Louis and I know how hard it is because that's the experience I had growing up there. So I know that it's a lot of dangerous things that go. I know the things you can face just getting up in the morning, walking to your bus stop, trying to go to school. So, and uh, so, man, it, I felt that in my heart and I uh, felt like I needed to do something about it. But, uh, it wasn't about me at all, man. It really was about just giving back to his family and just trying to help in any way I could help.
1: Marcus, as you've kinda, you know, gone into the professional ranks, have, have there been any otherwise you've tried to kinda stay connected or involved back uh back home in the St. Louis area?
2: Oh, all the time, man. I do I do a lot of giving back uh for the kids, going to visit schools and stuff like that. And uh of course I do my camp every year, my football camp. I'll be doing it this year to be a. Uh, june 22nd up at uh, after high school the fourth annual camp so i'm pretty excited man anytime i can give back and try to help any help out in the st louis area after missouri area in general man i uh love to try to give back and just have my presence felt and let them know that i care about them
0: obviously marcus you're one of the guys you're one of the success stories that did you know make it out and, and go on to do really good things just Hey, is that your family, your parents, your coaches? Who who really kind of kept you on the right path through everything growing
2: up? Uh, Number one, man, I, I, you got to give credit. I got to give credit to myself on the, just uh, my mindset. My mindset uh, was since a kid was making it out, wanting to make it out. And it happened to be football. I had to be, happened to be pretty good at football since I was a kid. And, and uh, So I knew my whole life, man, I was going to do whatever I had to do to make it and to put myself in a position to be in the NFL. And, of course, man, anybody that makes it and has success coming from where they come from, you know it's a lot of help. So, of course, my parents, my mom, my dad, uh, my grandmother, and just a lot of my coaches, a lot of my coaches and, and, and friends, and you meet a lot of people along the way. So I done had a lot of support, man. And I, I couldn't dare say I did it myself. So I appreciate everybody that's been there for me. And That's what I think about every day. Still to this day, I'm working hard for all the people that help me.
1: Marcus, obviously, you know, a big part of your your journey was uh, your your three years spent at Missouri. Um, you know, kind of during your time here, that there was a lot of other uh, guys, you know, at your position, a lot of other defensive ends and and guys who ended up, you know, making a name for the in college, making it to the NFL. What what was kind of was it difficult at all to, to kind of you know stay patient and, and and have those guys, you know, maybe early on take some of the spotlight, or or, or was that something that you feel like you kind of embraced and helped you?
2: Oh, no, man. It wasn't difficult at all, man. i always been a guy that uh, I know if anybody, if other guys shine, and I know I'm going to shine with them. So even even my uh, year when I first got to Mizzou, I played special teams. And they, after that year, I, I uh, played uh, behind Mike and Coney, but I still balled out and did what I had to do to make a name for myself. So i always been the type of guy, man. I played on good teams since Little League. It was guys from my Little League team that made it to the NFL too. So I played. On a good team down at Mackay Dickey Boys and Girls Club, so I always played with good teams. So I was always a guy, man. I'm gonna shine with you if you shine, and I'm gonna shine with you no matter what. And that just always been my mindset. So it wasn't hard at all to see the other guys get what they deserve because some guys put in work every day and work hard too, and i seen that up close and hand. So I just wanted to make sure I was working hard a bit to just put myself in the same position.
0: I remember after that uh, after that 2013 season, a lot of the stories that that people nationally were writing about Missouri was. Man, this defensive line might take a hit because Michael Sam's gone and Coney Ealy's gone. And those of us who followed that team every day said, "I don't think you guys understand. They're about to actually get better at defensive end with with you and Shane, right?" Yeah. Just just that year, 2013. I mean, you've been in the NFL a few years now, but I imagine you probably haven't been on a roster with a whole lot more talent at your position than than that 2013
2: team had. Just all four of you got in a, were NFL draft picks. Yeah, yeah, man. That was crazy. Yeah, we still talk about that to this day. I still get asked about that. I actually got asked about that this week, man. And people try to argue about me who that they D line was better than mine in college. So I get to bring up all the guys' names and naming them out and named it all us when we drafted. So yeah, man, we that was one of the best years of my life, man. We pushed each other every day in practice, man, worked hard and you gotta give Coach Cool credit to Coach Cool, Coach Stack, and and, of course, Coach Pinkle, man, it was a lot going on that year All guys pushing each other and uh, trying to get better every day. It wasn't one rep or one day that we didn't go hard, man. And I feel like that was able to uh, carry over to the field and carry over to the games, man. And that's what it was all about. I just – times like that, you chair, especially when you be in the NFL going on my feet. You seemed like that was just yesterday, man. So I still work hard like that, and I still use a lot of the stuff I learned from those years, man.
1: You mentioned, you know, that, that group kind of pushing each other and, and competing with one another to get better. Do you have any specific kind of uh, stories or tales of, of ways you all w- would kind of get competitive with one another?
2: Uh, Really just everything, man. Everything we did, whether it was getting off, trying to race and see who had the fastest get off, or uh, trying to see who had the more TFLs, more sacks. And then I, it was always everybody just raising each other level of play, man, and uh. That's what I was always – I was always decided just to get out there and try to be the best or have the best game that week because I know Coach was going to show all the highlight tapes. So, I wanted to always make the highlight tapes. Shane felt the same way. Of course, Coney and Mike felt the same way too. So, it was always fun playing with them guys. Every day was crazy and uh, it was fun. Just fun getting after it and competing.
0: I know your your first four years were were out in Arizona with the Cardinals, and if you read stories from out there, or just even follow enough people on Twitter, like I know the fan base really kind of embraced you out there. What what were those four years like? And and even though you're not anymore with the Cardinals, is Arizona always going to kind of hold a special place
2: for you? Oh yes, of course, man. Uh, I got drafted in Arizona. That's what my mom and my dad was saying after I, after, after we left. They was worried about uh. Oh man, do we gotta get rid of our Jersey? I'm like, no, nah, man, we always would be a part of Arizona, man. They embraced me out there, the great the great Bird Game fan base and uh I had the opportunity to stay out there, man, but the things didn't go as planned, man. So I'm just glad uh that I was able to get out there and get drafted by Arizona, have a great four years out there. But uh, at the end of the day I'm ready for the new opportunity I got up here in New York.
1: Obviously, you mentioned now you uh, you signed a contract this off season for for New York. Uh, you know, I'm curious in, in the position you're in with with kind of a a one year contract. What are kind of the 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 benefits and and maybe the perks? Is there uh, drawbacks? Is there pressure that that goes along with a with a one year deal?
2: Oh no, pressure, man! Like I told you, being from St. Louis and coming from where I'm at today, it ain't no pressure at all for me, man. I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. And I'm like I said, I had the opportunity to stay in Arizona, and it didn't it work out like it posed to. So I, I signed a, a one-year deal with the New York Giants, and man, I'm excited. I'm excited. No pressure at all. I've been playing ball my whole life, and then on top of that, I always seem to thrive and uh, have my best moments when uh, <clears throat> I'm in positions like this. So it's no pressure at all. I'm waking up every day with a smile on my face, going to work, and uh, going hard every day, man. That'll always be me. So uh, you can't you can't make stuff bigger than what it bigger than what it is. Then. To say it's pressure, man, I'll be lying to you. It ain't no pressure at all. I'm enjoying myself. I know exactly who I am. The pressure to me was getting my knee back healthy, you know, getting back healthy and being able to be myself. And that's what I've been able to do. And uh, I go into the season healthy and been working and getting my off-season grind in. So I'm not in I'm not pressure at all. I'm just ready to get out there and compete, man, and lay it on the line. I bet on myself every time.
0: Where are you at kind of in the process of, of getting to know your new teammates and your new coaches and, and everything like that out in New York?
2: Oh, New York's been great. All the all – the, from the players to the whole – everybody in the organization been welcoming and opening and uh, letting me in. And uh, so it hasn't been a difficult uh, fit at all, man. It's been easy. An easy transition just because the people here are such great people. And I've just been able to just be, be myself, man. That's one thing about me. You can put me anywhere and I'll be able to be okay because I'm comfortable with myself and I'm going to put the work in every day that I know i got to put in to make myself better and, to be able to help the team, and, and that's what it is about. The end of the day is about winning. So every day, man, I'm gonna come in and work and go hard and do what I got to do to make this help the team win. And when you are a guy like that, you can fit in anywhere.
1: Marcus, you mentioned, you know, your, your knee injury. And I know injuries are a part of the game for, for a lot of football players. But, uh, you know, certainly when you get to the point where where it's your livelihood, it's, there's maybe, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, stress that, that goes along with, with rehab and all that. Just take us through kind of the rehab process and, and how difficult was that? Was Were you always, you know, pretty pretty confident uh, you would get back to where you needed to be?
2: Yeah, I had a – man, you know, I had a friendly fire injury, man. It was mm-hmm. my teammate ran took me took me out. And uh, so it was more, if I would have did it myself, and uh, I could have dealt with it better. But the way it happened, uh, of course, I was hurt, man. I love to play the game. And then at the end of the day, it's your livelihood. But at the end of the day, I love to get out there and compete, too, man. Because if you get out there and compete and be able to make your plays, everything else is going to come. Everything else that you want going to be able to come. And so they took away the one thing that I wanted to do, and that was out there and get out there and compete. And I wasn't able to do that. So, of course, man, if you love the game and care about yourself like I do, it was it was hard in the beginning, but at the same time, like I said, I went back to all those people that helped me out, and uh, even my kids. Man, I, I woke up. You would have your days where you were sad, but you wake up eventually. You got I got to get up and work hard for my kids, man. And that's what I was about. I always knew, man, no matter what, I'ma grind it out, and I'll be able to bounce back. But every day, I got to put the work in. And I had I had some ups and downs, of course, that's with anything. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to bounce back, and I felt like I did that because I gave my all every day. I wasn't 100, but at the end of the day, it's no excuses, man. Nobody want to hear that. And I, I don't care if anybody want to hear it because I know I'm going to put in the work and do whatever I got to do to bounce back. Talking with former Missouri
0: defensive end Marcus Golden now at the New York Giants. and uh, Marcus, I know you you stay about as involved with the program and, and the guys at Missouri as, as any of the former players. Uh, it, the guys that are, are just starting their pro careers—Drew uh, Locke, Emmanuel Hall, Terry Beckner—all these guys. I, have you talked to any of them? And and even if not, kind of what advice would you give these guys that are just uh, going into year one and going through rookie mini camps?
2: Uh, yeah, man. You know, I tell everybody since I left Mizzou, I'm like one of the number one fans. I'm always watching the games and all of that, man. So Paul Adams, he up here with me, man. He's he's been looking good and been working hard every day. I, got to be able to spend the last week with him and we've been doing a lot of talking so i just really tell him be yourself and i talk to terry a lot terry like a little brother to me so me and him talked a lot during his mizzou career we talk a lot now so i just tell him man just be yourself number one it's the nfl and uh don't come here and feel like you, you gotta not be yourself but you gotta be someone that you ain't get here work hard put, your, put keep your head up work hard and just be yourself every day. And that's what I was telling Paul, man. Just compete every day no matter what, whoever you're going against, or no matter how long a guy been in the league, you compete against him every day, man. And you uh, you a grown man too, this grown man football, so put your big boy pants on and come in and be a grown man. And I feel like Terry and Terry gonna be great, man, because I know his mindset and I know that he's gonna compete every day. That's what it's about. You gotta be in the NFL you gotta be ready to compete every day.
1: Marcus, I know you know as a defensive end, uh, the, the the stat that that uh, you know always ever gets talked about is sacks. Uh, are, are you? I'm curious. Are you the type of guy who who you know keeps track of uh, of which quarterbacks you sack and feels a little more pride if it's a, a certain quarterback? And if so, uh, what what quarterback are you most proud to have sacked in your college or pro career? Yeah,
2: you, it, when you sack quarterbacks, man, you get to remember in the field. I've had a few sacks, so I I can't remember all of them all the time. But I know. uh Russell Wilson was almost always my guy I wanted to get down. And I was able to get Russell Wilson down because he one of the hardest quarterbacks to sack. Man. He man. He, He's running around. He blocks for himself. That's what we call it. We call it him blocking for himself. So I was able to get him down a few times in my career, and uh, that was one I had a lot of pride in because since my rookie year, it was hard to get him. He was shaking me out there and <laughs> kept getting away every time I got close. So Russell Wilson, if I had to pick one, would be the guy that I always wanted to get, and I was happy when I did finally get him. Kind of along those same lines, and
0: we had Brad Smith on last week, and I asked him this same question: I, whether it's college, pro, whether it's a guy on your team, guy on the other team, whatever, who's the best, just pure football player you've ever been on the field with?
2: Uh, it's been a, it's been a few, man. Even at Mizzou, Sheldon Richardson was always one of the big time players who can play ball. But if I had to go down and pick one, I have to say Tyree Matthew. Uh, when I played with the I got to play with Ty for a couple of years. With the Cardinals, man. When I say this guy brought it every day, whether it was practice, whether it was walkthrough, whether it was anything, man, he he was one of the best football players I've been around, man. And if I had to pick one, I have to go with Tyron Matthews.
0: Well, as a lifelong Kansas City Chiefs fan, I think that's an excellent answer.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I man, I, I wouldn't say it because he played for Kansas City either, man. That dude's there, man. If that's Kansas City blessed to have, man. He brings it every day, no matter what, man. And, from being a teammate his for a couple of years, man, uh, he going to bring it. That's what he do. That's, that's who he is.
1: So Marcus, I know obviously you've made it, you know, pretty much to, uh, to, to the pinnacle of football, but I know, you know, professional football players like yourself are never typically satisfied with where you're at. So, so what's next for you? What do you feel like, you know, is left to, to kind of develop and improve in your game?
2: Uh, man, I have proved, I prove. you look at my film and my film and my numbers say, I didn't prove that I can play in this league. I have improved. I can get to the quarterback and, uh, I was able I got injured, man. I got injured, you know, this part of the game, but I got injured I got him out. So uh, at the end of the day, man, I want to just come back and prove that I'm still the man that I've been, been proven, that I proved I was all the three years, all the years I was in the league before I got hurt. And even after last year a little bit, I wasn't 100 percent, but I just feel like I just want to want to show people that I'm still the guy that they know, know me as. Last thing for
0: you, Marcus, and I know a lot of the Missouri fans would would want us to ask you this. I mean, you have been since, I remember since I saw you probably your sophomore year in high school at a camp at Mizzou, like you have been always 100% in on Mizzou. And and since you've left, like you you always talk about how important that was to you and you still follow the program. I mean, why, I, I guess just to be simple about it, why is Missouri so important to you?
2: Uh, number one, man, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, man. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri is the biggest college in Missouri. And, uh, so that's why that's number one. And number two, the big thing was my big brother, Sherman Gold, and Nobody really knows about this. He had got an offer from Missouri's freshman year in high school, which I was in sixth grade. So, uh, I have known coach Ford from coming to my house actually, since I was in fifth, sixth grade, you know, as a young kid. And coach Ford even told me when I was a young kid, think about being a kid in the sixth grade and Coach Ford, the great, you know, Coach Ford is a celebrity in St. Louis, man. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. He wouldn't want nobody to know that, but Coach Ford is a celebrity in St. Louis, man. And uh, Coach Ford told me as a fifth, sixth grader, hey, Marcus, we're going to give you an offer like we did your brother uh, Sherman. And I actually believed him, man, as a, as a as a little kid. So since since being a kid that day, I always wanted to go to Mizzou. And on top of that, my family, uh, after my brother got the offer, my brother was the First person in my family to get make something that big happen. So that's all you can walk in my house, and my mom would go show everybody, "Oh, look at Sherman's uh, scholarship offer!" My grandmother, look at Sherman's scholarship offer. So from a kid being in sixth grade, every day when people come over the house, the first thing my grandmother and my mom show people was my brother's scholarship offer. That just made me want to be in a position to be in that to be a guy that go to Mizzou and be in the same position as my brother. And uh, that was my first motivation, and then just uh. Growing up, as we kept getting better, Brad Smith, Sean Witherspoon, uh, Jeremy Macklin, you see all those guys be uh, stars and stuff like that, and you want to be the same type of guys. man. I'm blessed, man. I really was a kid that got to really live his dream and go to Mizzou. It was, you got to understand, I didn't even think about getting to the NFL at first. I just thought about, man, I'm going to get up to Mizzou and make a name for myself. And uh, once I did that, that's when I started saying, dang, man, I, I always knew I could make it to the NFL, but it was like, I'm really about to go to the NFL now, so I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to be able to live the dreams and the goals I set for myself as a little kid and to be able to get up to Missouri. We got some of the best fans ever. I know people talk a little stuff saying the fans don't show up, but I didn't experience that. Me playing in the SEC and winning a bunch of games, when I was at Missouri, the fans showed up all the time, and and that that was even better, man. So I appreciate from the fans to the coaches to – everybody within the program, and showed me a lot of love, and it's a blessing to be able to call myself a Tiger and be able to say I'm Mizzou made. All
0: right, well, Marcus, appreciate it, man. I know everybody's looking forward to seeing you back on the football field, and uh, maybe we'll even watch a little NFC East football this year now.
2: Yeah, make sure y'all watch me, man. I've been grinding, I've been working hard, and uh, I'm going to keep putting on for Mizzou, man. It's Mizzou forever, and I appreciate all y'all's support. All
0: right, have a good one, Marcus. Thanks, Marcus.
2: All right, thanks, guys. Marcus
0: Golden, uh, New York Giants, one-year deal, and it's interesting. He brought it up a little bit, and I, I talked to him a little bit last week. I, I think he wanted to stay in Arizona, and wires just kind of got crossed. But now, you know, I mean, he, he's a guy I remember, and you were what? Probably – were you here in 2013? Yeah, that
1: was my freshman year of college. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: and I remember that team, everybody said, oh, man, how are they going to replace Michael Sam and, and Coney Ely?" And if you would watch practice, like, Shane Ray and Marcus Golden were always the, the better duo of those two, and mm-hmm. – uh he, he was a guy, though, like for some reason, the NFL scouts didn't love him. Wasn't a first round pick, but man, that guy, he, he, uh, tell him he can't do something, he goes and does it. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's had a very productive, uh, time when he's been on the field. I think it was two seasons ago, maybe, or three, mm-hmm. that he was second in the league in sacks. So he's been great. And, and as he mentioned, you know, he's been a, p- a pretty good ambassador for, for Missouri and for his hometown. So, certain, so you, you touched on it, the, the helping pay the cost of the funeral for, uh, Jalen McKenzie was, was a really, Nice gesture that I don't think you know he wanted any publicity for or anything like that. It was just done because, like he said, he was that kid.
0: Yeah, and you could tell he said I don't want to talk much about it. You know, that's uh, I mean he is one of the, one of the best guys I've covered certainly in in sixteen years, and I I always say like I'm not a talent scout, but there have been probably three times that I've gone to cover a Missouri camp. That like even I could pick that guy out. I, Marcus, it was after his sophomore year in high school, and like he was built like he is now, mm-hmm. and he was out there on the field with like these kids from you know Westran High School and stuff, and you're just like, man, this kid's gonna kill somebody. Yeah. And it turned out, yeah, he was all right. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So uh, appreciate Marcus uh, joining us, and, and like I said, we're gonna try most of the summer to to grab some guys that, that you all enjoyed watch playing and stuff like that, and uh, and Marcus definitely one of the best ambassadors for this program um one thing is speaking of Arizona I know last night Sophie Cunningham hit a game-winning three for the Phoenix Mercury in their second and final preseason game long preseason they yeah. have out there in the WNBA mm-hmm. so I guess now like pretty soon people are going to know if she made a roster yeah I think I mean their season starts later this
1: month so it's a pretty quick process it's crazy you know she was just uh here on campus playing a game about two months ago right but uh but yeah yeah so uh yeah we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on that um i have not going to pretend to have any idea of her chances but since she you know was on the on the court at a you would say a big moment last night and has has put up some some points in each of the first two games would think she has a decent shot there
0: played 21 minutes in the first game 15 minutes last night and we'll, we'll finish up kind of uh just sticking with basketball um Jonte Porter is up at the NBA combine, basically just doing interviews. Uh, I saw, I think it was Sam Viceni from the athletic put out a mock draft and he had Jonte like as the number 57 pick. There's only 60 of them. And, and he said in his breakdown, like a lot of teams aren't going to draft him because of the knee, but you know, one team, he said, if it were me, I'd take a chance on him late in the second round. I still can't quite get past this. You just feel terrible for that kid, man. Yeah. If he'd gone a year ago, he's a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it, it's, you know, the one knee injury wasn't, I don't think, going to be a huge deal. It definitely wouldn't have knocked him out of the first right. round. But the, the two in a short span is going to scare teams. I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably – it's tough to predict right now. You know, you yeah. – it's going to depend kind of on on you know how he's progressing I- medically and what teams can get their hands on if they aren't going to see you know some sort of proof of of you know rehab and, and how that's coming i would just assume that you know a lot of teams are going to shy away from picking him but yeah uh, absolutely you know he might have been definitely he could have been a lottery pick definitely would have been a first round pick a year ago um you touched on we had a we had a very newsy week in in basketball this week jonte porter staying in the draft jeremiah tillman coming back to school i would assume you've heard about that by now if you follow missouri sports uh parker braun is on scholarship if you
0: haven't heard about that we actually have a website. We wrote yeah, about it. You should yeah. check it out, powermazoo.com
1: Yeah, Parker Braun takes a scholarship, Ronnie Suggs in the transfer portal, and Kobe Brown signing with Mizzou. So it's been a it's been a, a, a productive week on that front. We've we've learned a lot.
0: And we think the roster is set. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Konzo kind of – he didn't flat out say it, but this was – we talked to him about an hour before Kobe Brown's decision. I'm not sure if he knew what it was at that point Mm -hmm. or not. But he said, you know, we got one out there that we might use and then one that we might hang on to. That indicates to me, unless somebody just – Unless a graduate transfer completely falls in their lap, they're done for
1: this. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely – I think – yeah, I don't think he's shut the door on it because I, I feel like, you know, in my mind, if you've shut the door on adding someone else, why right. not just give the scholarship to Ronnie Suggs? But, yeah, I, I definitely think it's unlikely. I don't think it's going to be just, you know, just take someone for the for the sake of taking someone. So, yeah, we think we have a pretty good idea of what the roster will look like. I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of break down, delve into that a little bit more here in the coming days. But, uh but, yeah, it was, a, it was some good and, de, good developments, good news.
0: And the key for holding on to that one is, like, that at least gives you a minimum of two scholarships in mm-hmm. the 2020 class. Look, they're going to have more than two. Yes. Something will happen that they will get a third, maybe even a fourth scholarship in that class. But you were in Indianapolis last weekend, if not talking to all the kids, at least <laughs> watching most of them play. Um, you know, it, it seems to me now that, Yes, Caleb Love, Josh Christopher, and Cameron Fletcher are out there still, but it's gone from that's the focus to... Okay, now we're starting to know a little bit more about what some of the other plans are if they don't get those
1: guys. Yeah, absolutely. Those were three of the earliest offers, and they they've been kind of priorities all all throughout, and that's not going to change. You know, Missouri's going to prioritize them, but just the the fact of the matter is, I mean, you know, Missouri's not the type of school that's going to beat out all these these you know blue blood type schools for five star recruits all that often, especially and three if, times in the same class.
0: If you have a kid who wants to come you can't make him wait too long yeah. waiting for a kid who might not sign till next spring and the competition is michigan state mm-hmm. kentucky and arizona
1: yeah absolutely so yeah i mean uh you know we'll, we'll continue to, to obviously follow that a lot can change in recruiting i've we've said for a while now and I, I definitely think this week can only strengthen my feeling in this is that of the three cameron fletcher's the most likely to end up at missouri um will we'll, we'll obviously see how that plays out we have a, a video and we're interview still not sure
0: we'd say that's like right
1: right just of yeah. the three and there, there's a video of him uh, on our site that was posted this morning uh where he's, he t- kind of breaks down his visits and then he says he'd like to get back to missouri so that's at least a positive uh sign aside from that there's a couple st louis natives a couple other st louis natives to watch and davian bradford and ryan kulk brenner a couple big big kids centers uh bradford definitely sounded like you know he's the type of kid who if, if missouri really pushes pushes to get him on campus he, he's a, a you know a candidate to to eventually commit um, Kalkbrenner I think he's kind of blown up lately yeah. so he, he's going to have some options for sure there's quite a few I mean you know there's a lot we talked to John hugley the fourth is a, a big man out of the Cleveland area who said he he really wants to get on campus uh, so he's he's got a bunch of recent offers as well he's kind of trying to said he's trying to take some visits and just and see what sticks out so would say that there's you know a chance for him as well and then there's a bunch of other names that that, that the coaches have been in touch with
0: and I think this class will kind of determine what kind of basketball Conzo plays over the next few years because if they get kalkbrenner or bradford and i'm not sure they take both because yeah. i think they're pretty similar players yeah you know but if they get one of those guys then it's a natural replacement for jeremiah tillman and you kind of carry on playing the kind of basketball he's always played mm-hmm. if you don't get either of those guys then all of a sudden you're starting to look more at hey everybody's six eight and under and let's spread the floor and run and play small ball maybe a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and I, like you said to your point about taking both, I think definitely you don't take both if you can get a wing like like Cameron Fletcher right. or Isaiah Jackson out of Detroit because those two guys can step down and play the four if you need them to. You know, you don't necessarily and, have and as I much need to. And I Kobe Brown gives you versatility. Yeah, absolutely. And Trey so, Jackson too. Yeah, so so I don't think there's as much of an... If, if You know, if you're just taking a guard and two others and Kulkbrenner and Bradford are both interested, maybe you take both. Um, but yeah, I agree. They're, they're somewhat similar players. Uh, Bradford's a little bit... Big bigger built right now, but, but I think they kind of play a similar way. So yeah, like you said, I think, you know, certainly I think Conzo's while he talks about positionless basketball a lot, you know, he, he's the type who, who he, t- he likes to have big men on the floor. Uh, we've seen that so far at Missouri, you know, he comes from a Purdue program that, that has always kind of, you know, built its defense around a big man. So we'll see. I, I think, you know, coaches obviously can adapt, but I think he would like to, to get at least one center type player to replace Tillman. Um, but we will yeah. see.
0: And and I think you have to count on next year being it for Jeremiah Tillman. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe that won't happen. Maybe he's a four-year guy. But I think you have to go into it assuming next year is the last year he's on the team. But I, the last thing I always kind of laugh at, you mentioned Renner's frame. Like, I laugh when I look at these basketball recruits and they're like seven one one ninety. 190. Yeah. I'm like you know, I'm 5'8 and 170. Yeah. Like, is the, the problem the, with me or is the problem with them?
1: The best was this Chet Holmgren kid who I wrote about a couple weeks ago, saw him in Kansas City. He's like a 2020 runner recruit. who's like, yeah, I think he's like 6'11, 190. He, he literally looked like he like, was going to topple over with, with a breeze. Like
0: if I was but he was good. If he was you're, really good. But if you're 6'11, I feel like just your skeletal system and your exactly. skin yeah. weighs 190
1: pounds. I think he, he was right about there. And maybe the organs. He might have been missing an organ or two. Who knows? It was crazy. But he was good. He was legitimately good i he might break in half at some point but right. yeah no there's definitely some of the some kids who you can tell went through a big growth spurt recently who, who are their frame is a little bit ahead of their their musculature
0: all right so uh hey i i thought of a uh I, I thought of a good category for us next week because we have not talked at all and probably won't really about michael porter playing in the uh summer league but mm-hmm. We need something revolving around the NBA Summer League next year. Ooh, I, like I'll be zero. Name? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think the teams are all the same. Yeah, I think that's so, what like I was going to say. Like, it's not like there's a separate group of like teams. Like maybe Summer League coaches or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Quinn Snyder was one once. Yeah, I have no idea how that how that process
1: works. Um, maybe we can. Some someone actually. We we shouldn't look into it because then we might know the answers. But <laughs> right. so, someone out there, you just let so. us know what we can do that's summer league related, and how many can you name?
0: There you go. So on uh, Sunday, Mitchell and I are meeting Sean Williams in East St. Louis. Uh, we've got a Rivals Camp, football recruiting. Uh, I believe all three of Missouri's commitments are going to be there for 2020. The in-state guys, Macklin, Brady Cook, Drake Heismeyer. a lot of other in-state offers, a few kids from from the surrounding area that Missouri's recruiting. So next week, uh, certainly football recruiting is is going to be a big part of what we do. Uh, we will, I think, have another podcast next Thursday. I hope so. Somebody pays for it now, so all we're right. going to have to get it done one way or another. So. We'll figure out sometime between now and then what we're going to talk about. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a week.